0: that's Bud Elliott, that's Tom Frinelli, that's Danny Cannell, I'm Chip Patterson it's time to open the big old bag of mail, we got uh, a lot of your listener participation in store, we're excited for it, Uh, we're about to get into the suggestions for team sponsorships, of course all of this as a context comes in the wake of uh, the Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage, uh, an announcement that got dunked on for about 24 hours and then all of a sudden had to be Corrected, but nonetheless, whether or not there's been a correction or a pivot from Michigan State, content ideas out there, baby, and we're going to be able to have some fun with it. So we're going to uh, get into your suggestions, and we will add some of ours. A recruiting question: uh, looking at the role of apparel sponsors, you know, whether it's uh, a Nike and Adidas, Under Armour, trying to figure out how much that factors into recruiting. Uh, Opening up the old history book and the old playbook from some offensive gurus, thinking about what might work and the toughest job in each power five conference. So gentlemen, we've got, uh, we've, we've got a, a large selection. We had, uh, you know, more than a handful of listeners offer some suggestions. And we also had, uh, you know, we've got some of our own to add to it. So I, I will ask you, do you want to, do do you want me to just start tearing through them? Or, or how do we want to organize this in terms of being able to, um, you know, weigh in ourselves and, uh, and, and then sort of figure out what we like and what we gravitate towards.
1: I, I've got a couple for the big 10 that I did. Okay. Well, let's, but I didn't, I didn't really get into like a bunch of the other conferences. I, I just kind of stuck with the area that I know. And I understand some of them are serious. Some of them aren't. Oh, uh, so,
2: I, I I, the way, because I tweeted something out about this. So it was a self-deprecating uh, idea for Florida State uh, being my squad. So I think some of these, there'll be some common themes. And I'm curious to know, because I haven't seen these, any of the, uh, the listener suggestions, but there are some real easy layups that I'm sure we will get. And then I tried to take some of a little bit of a different angle. So. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of the uh, how many are kind of along. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one was easy uh, versus like, hey, it was really creative. So see where we go.
0: Okay. Well, I'll just go ahead and start connecting some dots here because multiple, both uh, Patrick and DC Tiger are the Boston College Eagles. They run on Duncan. I mean, lay Makes sense. Absolutely yeah. makes sense. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, some real, if you know, you know, the Clemson Tigers sponsored by New Spring Church what's up? Let's go. <laughs> uh, the Florida State Seminoles, and this is from DC Tiger, uh, the Florida State Seminoles, sponsored by the public seafood section,
2: right? <laughs> yep. Layup, layup yeah. right there. No so now, I went older era and went Florida State Seminoles presented by Foot Locker. Foot
3: Locker, because yep. That
2: was when <laughs> Steve Spurrier was calling us free shoes you. There were a lot. The Publix one was extremely popular. There was Red Lobster. There was a Dillard's shout out to a long time ago when there was a player arrested for stealing bras from the ladies lingerie section. Uh, so there, there were quite a few Florida state references in my mentions, of course,
0: Georgia tech waffle house again, yeah, makes sense. You know, makes sense. Uh, my, the Miami hurricanes brought to you by discount <laughs>
2: That's great.
0: I mean, they do. I, I think that they get a, uh, that work done maybe pro bono, but what Miami sends us those releases, there's some, some decent work that goes into, uh, both the turnover chain and the, uh, touchdown rings as we now have jewelry for both the offense and the defense.
2: Always listed with a price tag next to it, right? Like mm-hmm. this, the turnover chain, I think was six figures. Wasn't it a one like a hundred grand or something like that? Is it, but it's valued. That's what I'm saying. There's no way but, that anybody
0: paid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. The, well,
1: Nevin Shapiro might have, but
0: maybe, I don't know. His, his money isn't quite as right as it used to be. <laughs> no. uh, Wake Forest brought to you by Krispy Kreme. I don't know if y'all have had Krispy Kreme donuts, but Winston-Salem yeah. is, uh, is the home of Krispy Kreme.
2: Start, oh, okay. I know huh. That. Huh. Yeah. I had have no idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the hot lights on, go and get it. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, shout out. NC State gets cookout. That's another one where like regionally yeah. if you've been yeah. there it's pretty solid.
3: North or- ordering corn dogs as a side is is a power move. And
0: oh, dunk the corn dog in your milkshake. Hello. Heart they, attack. They
3: sell corn dogs as a side? Yeah. Yeah, so Tom, if Tom if you have not googled this, you should. Like they literally like your sides can be like a quesadilla or a corn dog or nuggets as a side. It it's uh it's this
1: really cool. This is a game changer. It yeah. is. Yeah.
0: Spicy chicken tray with corn dog oh. and French fries, milk in a, like a Oreo milkshake. That's you the get, go-to. That's the, that's yeah. If, if I pull up to cookout right now, then I'm gonna click back into like, you know, uh, freshman year of college, visiting my buddies at NC State.
1: St. Patrick's Day, like
0: making that trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get some
1: cookouts in the Chicagoland area.
0: Let's go cookout. You've got expansion opportunities. Uh, North Carolina, this is a really local one, but Duplin winery makes me laugh. Uh, that's <laughs> like a Duplin County wine. And I'm, I'm not trying to mess up any potential sponsorship opportunities for us, but, uh, you know, no, no one ever says I'm going to go to, uh, Duplin County, North Carolina to tour the vineyards is all, all no. I'll say right there. Uh, but also uh DC tiger offers Bojangles, which when North Carolina basketball hits a hundred free sausage biscuits the next day. So nice. There was, a, there was a player named Dewey Burke during, either, during that, like, 05 to 09 run where his name was Biscuits because he only came into the game when 100 was in reach, and he was a three-point shooter. And so when Biscuits is in the game, we might have a chance to go to Bojangles tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Uh, Duke, uh, Coleman Tents.
1: Oh, okay. yeah Oh, for Kayville.
0: For Kayville. Yeah, Coleman Tents, pretty good. Uh, Virginia, Vineyard Vines bow ties. That fits, yeah, absolutely. Right.
2: Are the Vineyard Vine guys? They might be Virgin. They might be Virginia guys.
0: I mean, it There's it goes chance. it goes so well with Scott yeah. Stadium and just sort of the the <laughs> like, essence God. there. Where it's not even just the bow ties, but it's like the print on the pants. You know, yeah. like the patterned, uh, stitched in prints. Uh, Virginia Tech real tree camo, chef's <laughs> well kiss.
3: Done. Well done. What, what's the bar there that serves rails? Um,
0: At in you know Blacksburg, yes.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, what is it called? Anyway, Describe right. for
0: the listener the rails, like with the with everybody getting the the whiskey shot.
3: Yeah. Uh, no. 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 I, I think rails is like a mixed drink that, oh. that they drink. It, it's it's not like it's not like the not like the shot ski. Okay. Um. But now now it's been a minute, and I, I really wasn't in super like remembering frame of mind when I had one. But um, yeah. That uh, bar pretty famous. Famous uh, enough that I don't
1: remember it.
0: Uh, Pit Iron City Beer. Yeah. You know. But
1: I do think w- would colleges allow alcohol and beverage companies to sponsor them? I don't know.
2: Oh, uh, they would totally if they were allowed to. Well, the college <laughs> football playoff
0: is brought to you by Dos Equis. They were the ones. They're the real trailblazers. That uh, yeah. Have the broken college down. College football
1: playoff isn't owned by. The, never mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, don't forget, if you're courtside, when there's no media at these games, You actually, when you're sitting at home watching the NCAA tournament, you still have to pour your drink in an NCAA cup. It's a rule mm-hmm. the NCAA will make you uh, not be able to, to have any other logos out there.
1: Syracuse, Carrier HVAC, you know. But didn't, didn't Carrier take its name off the dome? Yes. So, I don't know. The, the relationship there might be contentious. Dinosaur Barbecue. That's a good one. Decent second. Yeah.
0: That's a really kids. good one. Uh Louisville, speaking of contentious, can't have Papa John's pizza. No. No, we Sorry, bud. You have to paint. We can't have you around. <laughs> but,
1: you know what they should You know what they should do? Send a message go with Pizza Hut.
0: Ooh, no, but they're still part of the they're still like repping the Yum family, right? It's still the Yum center. Uh-huh. And so you could you could throw KFC. Yeah, in they could just be
1: KFC then. Yeah. Uh, I worked at Pizza
3: Hut as a kid. How was it? For, I can't tell some of the stories on here. I'll, I'll tell you guys afterwards. They are hilarious.
0: Was it the pizza hut where your business was delivery carry out, but also like a salad bar? In oh it? yeah.
3: How's, how I, was the was maintenance
0: when you're breaking down the salad bar? How carefully was everything wrapped and, and put back into the fridge?
3: The maintenance was me. And a 15 year old me was not that careful. Yeah.
0: All, of, yeah. all of my early like waiting table experiences from like uh, closing up and just being ready to get out of there. Oh man, I'm sorry for ever had that. Uh, those onions and the uh, like mixed greens (laughs) the next day. Uh, Notre Dame, (laughs) Consumer Cellular. Can you maybe? I don't know what that one is. Or (laughs) Life Alert.
3: (laughs) Consumer Cellular is uh um is the cellular. Got to make sure I say this in a PC way. Is the cellular company that sells like the. Pay-as-you-go phones for senior citizens that have the big buttons on them too. Ah, okay. It's like, why would I need a subscription plan? I only like I only use this to talk to my grandson. So is the joke that everyone any second? So is the joke (laughs)
0: that there's no young Notre Dame fans?
3: Right. Yes. Ah, is that what was the other one?
0: Uh, life alert. Life (laughs) alert.
3: Life alert. Okay, so the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's I get it. Uh, former Maryland Energizer batteries.
3: Hmm. Mm. Former Maryland.
0: Oh, like, because the this was within a, a long thread of, like, all the ACC ones, for example. Got it. Okay. Uh, Clemson Tigers football brought to you by IBM Watson. Let Watson be the start of your dynasty today. Okay. I get it. That's pretty cute. Uh, also, well done is uh, the username on that one, Blink-182 fan for life.
2: Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. My daughter in the car yesterday, I was playing some Blink-182, and she's like, this sucks. Can we play something good? I'm like,
0: dang. I appreciate it. They don't appreciate it. Uh, oh. ECU Pirates brought to you by Skylight Inn. If you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, University of Missouri football presented by the Central Bank of Boone County, which was an incredibly earnest suggestion because the Central Bank of Boone County has tons of branches in the Columbia, Missouri area. Hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, CD Sweat also dropped New Spring Church on there for Clemson. <laughs> uh, Florida. Gets Lee cut off jeans, yeah, jean shorts for the Gators (laughs) makes sense. Tennessee McDonald's, a lot of
2: McDonald's, right? Hello, easy. It's too easy. Happy meals with a surprise, you know. Too easy.
0: easy. Ole Miss Rebel Rags, you know. I mean, well, that's the thing is like Rebel Rags will be having sponsors, like they will be getting endorsement deals as soon as uh, NIL is passed, right? As long as they're still open.
3: Yeah. Are they still open? I don't know. Do they have a cease and desist stemming from the issues? I don't know about that.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll have to, we'll see what happens. And then uh, Virginia Tech Hango lunch pails. Solid. You nice. know, lunch pail offense, you know, this, mm-hmm. that or the other. Um, what, what are some of the ones that, uh, that came to mind for y'all? All
3: right. So for Florida State, there, there's kind of just this pipe dream one because it'll never happen, but spanks. Right. Yeah. Because the, the, the lady who invented Spanx, uh, Sarah Blakey, Blakely, Blake, Blakely, anyway, um probably not relevant to the podcast name. She's like a billionaire. Good call. That like they, they could put a dome over Doke if they wanted to, if, if, if you get if you get, you know, Florida State football presented by Spanx. So Spanx is clearly the one there. Hell, you can wear Spanx branded uniforms and, and they, they could branch into like. They make male spanks, I guess. Like they I don't know, look but
2: awesome too. Imagine how felt they'd look. Like oh no, man, si- like you'd have just six pack, chiseled, like just form fitting. Everybody feel good about themselves. Their butts would look so tight. <laughs> Shapewear. How to make spanks happen at Florida State? I wanna, how I have
3: they not they gotten into the girdle market for, for football?
2: Yeah. Let's see if I can get some contacts working.
3: <laughs> Coca says the Oregon of the South. Yes.
2: <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, I had a couple. All right, so for Alabama, uh, brought to you by Roundup. Uh, and then for Auburn, brought to you by Miracle Grow. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my two. Or the backup for Alabama was Ancestry.com. <laughs> um, I had a couple for some, like Ohio State, I was going to go bra- uh, sponsored by eBay. But then I didn't know, like, if that was too old. Like, do you go offer up? One of those, which I've had a horrible <laughs> experience on trying to get rid of some myself. Or there was like, I was trying to think of an inked tattoo shop, like mm. Ohio State, uh, inked magazine. It. Yeah, right. that'd be a good one. That'd be here's a
1: really the, good one. Here's the thing I have for Ohio State, I have a tattoo shop as well, but it's not because of the trestle thing, although I know that's what people will assume. It's just that. 85% of the people you meet from Ohio under the age of 45 have a regrettable tattoo or a questionable tattoo. And whenever I think of Ohio, I just think of questionable tattoos. So that I feel low? like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'm being generous, but I'm just saying there's, there's, a lot of questionable tattoos from Ohio that I think, you know, made, the first thing I thought of was tattoo shop and not because of the Jim Trestle stuff.
2: Nice. I had Vanderbilt brought to you by Kumon. If you have kids, you'll know about Kumon. It's like a tutoring center for your nerdy kids to get extra like work done outside of school. Try hard. Wisconsin, Wisconsin brought to you by Weight Watchers. <laughs> Cincinnati was easy because it's Skyline Chili. It has to be uh, uh, Skyline Chili for them. Wake Forest uh brought to you by Norton antivirus uh, software because the Wakey Leak scandal. You know, Ooh. you got to watch out for some Ooh. things that's going on that's behind a good the one. scenes. This is and good then I one. had two conference sponsorships, if you were, because they they need, especially the Pac-12 needs a sponsor. So I went Pac-12 brought to you by Spirit Air, because I think of Spirit, I think it's the worst kind of like budget the worst airline <laughs> out there that just makes a mess of everything. And then more of a a uh, tie with where it goes is the big 12 brought to you by bucky's have you guys been to a bucky's gas station yes yeah they are phenomenal they run through texas so i was gonna go texas tech baylor to but i was like yeah just throw the big 12 under that umbrella
3: yeah take now, are, are, are you a fan of bucky's over the busy Bee on, on i-10 danny
2: i have not been to either on i-10 i haven't driven i-10 that much recently so are they're Smart both choice. out there's are there is there a, a busy Bee? is that like a knockoff
3: uh, yeah we're if you're a listener out there, let us know uh, maybe in the Apple Podcast five-star review section uh, where Busy Bee is located um, oh. or where, where it's headquartered. But yeah, like Busy B is like the first gas station in Florida that I've been to that reminds me of just one of those straight Texas gas stations. Right. Like just they have like massive. a beef jerky bar and it's like yeah. it stretches on oh. forever. And
2: yeah, you They're know, like a mall.
0: Yeah. Taking a uh, spirit to Las Vegas or New Orleans is a bigger gamble than anything you're going to put down on a table. Like just... Right.
2: <laughs> You know, if, picking if a Pac 12 team to get to the playoffs, <laughs>
1: <laughs> if Larry Scott were still the commissioner of the Pac 12, I would say Alibaba would be a good sponsor for them. They're basically the Chinese Amazon. Uh, I, I went through Big Ten stuff, I, I mentioned Ohio State, but just going through here's some of mine. I got Indiana, I feel like a logical one, Homefield Apparel. They practically already are the presenting sponsor for Indiana football and Indiana basketball. Uh, Maryland, I thought a logical one was Under Armour because one of their biggest boosters is the CEO of Under Armour. Michigan, a sense of entitlement.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> Rutgers Satrial's pork store from The Sopranos that should sponsor Rutgers because you know just Jersey. Penn State pass Northwestern <laughs> should be sponsored by Darren Ravel. Iowa. <laughs> Should be sponsored by hy which is like, a, it's a store. There are literally 265 locations of hy in the state of Iowa. I don't know that there are 265 towns in Iowa, but there's at least one per town. Wisconsin, Culver's. Minnesota, I thought 3M, it's a large company in Minnesota. It's a big, you know, it made sense. I couldn't think of anything funny, so I just went with that. Purdue, Lionel trains, you know, the little toy train makers. I think that would be a perfect match for Purdue for Illinois along the same lines as Iowa. I went with Walgreens. There are 574 locations of Walgreens within the state of Illinois, which is way more than anybody needs. Like we were we were talking before the show started about, you know, living in the City City and what counts as a city i could walk to like seven different walgreens right now within 20 minutes from where i live that's just ridiculous and finally i think the perfect sponsor for nebraska football is blockbuster video
0: because oh, yes man. awesome in the 90s i mean do you think like blockbuster <laughs> like blockbuster video time's up it's done yeah. bro Ain't coming Did they back they even
2: try to transition to like a Netflix subscription type service or are they just throw the towel. They were, they were, they fought it till the bitter end, right? Oh, they yeah, had they
0: delivery. Have- like I was, I was a Netflix customer when I was getting DVDs in the mail and sending them back and Blockbuster offered a competing delivery service, but I don't even think they made it to the streaming step.
1: Mm. Like think of where we are now. With that kind of stuff, but then think of how cool it felt at the time for Netflix. It's like, oh, I don't have to go to the video store. <laughs> I can just put this in the mailbox and wait three days instead of just driving for fifteen minutes, getting what I want right now, and going home. This is brilliant. <laughs> I liked it. I was I was tearing
0: through uh, seasons of. I was, granted, I was at a point where like I was had a lot of free time, but I was like using it to tear through seasons of television. Oh, yeah, uh, you, so is I. you would have like the 10 DVDs that it takes to get through an entire series and you just go one after the other to, to keep going through it.
1: Yeah. You're basically paying like what, $5 a month to not have to go anywhere. <laughs> Loved it. You know, there is a blockbuster out there still.
3: Alaska, right? It's in a- it's Alaska or Oregon. Like like it's basically like they, they, they held on so long that they became almost like hipster and pe- people actually go in and, and they... I guess they have DVDs now. It's probably not VHS.
1: Uh, now, is it? Is it still owned by Blockbuster, or is it privately owned and just like franchised and keeps the Blockbuster name?
3: Yeah, I think it's privately owned. Okay. Um, like is Blockbuster still a? Is it, are they even still in existence? I don't know. Nebraska is.
0: It's called the Last Blockbuster. Also shout out to Coca. He says, uh, pride, pride, of West Virginia university. WVU would be Copenhagen chewing tobacco or Natty light.
3: I was thinking Broyhill for all, all, all the other uh, couches they burn, <laughs> <laughs> some, some, some kind of furniture, Some brand. furniture
0: store, master smack or somebody comes in to yeah. be able to rooms <laughs> to go. Yeah. We'll, we'll be able to, uh, to get that done. Uh, any, any other ones before, uh, before we keep it moving and please like continue to jump in uh, continue to jump in the five star Apple reviews. We will uh, continue to mention them, especially if you can make us chuckle like many of these have we will two
2: uh, last two okay, last two somebody, somebody tweeted it as me it's way too obvious, but it's USC brought to you by Trojan, like the Trojan yeah. brought to you by Trojan too easy and then I had BYU brought to you by milk. it does body good. <laughs>
3: I got one more. I like that, by the way. The milk. The milk. Um, I guess I, I'm not going to put a name on this because I don't know which, like, I, we, we don't want to offend any car sponsors, but Texas, whatever, like, luxury car that your buddy has that is always broken down, but it, like, should be awesome if it ever worked, you know? Like, howdy. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Range Rover. Yeah, exactly. That Loner range. car. Yeah. yeah my the, mother-in-law's the, the, range. And, and and I'm like, why do you have a little, like the little miniature red range today, which is like the loaner from, from the dealership.
0: Yeah. That's what I always think of as the loaner. Whoever's always driving a loaner. It's like, well, what, what's wrong with your car? It's like, well, it takes yeah. a little part. You got to take it in and we got to order it from, you know, Germany or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. Let's uh, this next one. Speaking of Under Armour, uh, this question comes from Dan Love the pod, my favorite college football pod out there. I'm a huge jersey logo guy, and I'm always on the lookout whenever a team releases a new jersey design or a special edition jersey for a big game. And for all the traffic that you and others provide, we thank you. Uh, I know players are always thinking about how good they look in jerseys when they're playing, especially with NIL coming down the pipeline. My question is, how much does a school's jerseys, designs, or apparel sponsor play a factor in recruiting? For example, if a top recruit is truly torn between two programs, would the fact that one school is a Nike school versus the other being an Adidas school be a deciding factor and a pitch the school uses when recruiting these players? I remember for the longest time, Georgia Tech was sponsored by Russell Russell Athletic, and I can't imagine that being a point of emphasis on the recruiting pitch versus Oregon, who has Nike on speed dial and can have ed- anything and everything they want from Nike. Keep up the great work. Can't wait till next season, hopefully with some more normalcy.
3: Dan? I mean, if Georgia Tech could, could have, you know, paired with, like, New Balance and Tube socks as sponsors, they, they could have had, like, the all-time best barbecue team in the history of the NCAA. Um, okay, so recruiting-wise, I don't know how much to say here. Well, I, cause in basketball, it
1: matters a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. I was going to say like, the, like the, it's the, pretty clear. Read the transcripts. Yeah. Yeah, Nike <laughs> and Adidas matter a lot more in basketball because, you know, shoe sponsorships at the professional level. Cause they don't happen in college, but like endorsement deals at the professional level mean a lot. So you kind of want to get a chance to get in good with certain companies. I don't think that matters as much in football, like the uniforms. I don't know how much, but you're better to ask answer this one. How much do uniforms really matter to
3: recruits? Some, right? Like I think Oregon, it partially got noticed. Kids are not going to pick your school because of a uniform. They might notice you a little more. They might pick you on a video game, right? At a, at a younger age, because they think your your uniform is cool. Um, look, let's not pretend that there's not some involvement from apparel companies, all of them, I think, uh, in in recruitment, but. In football, it's it's not quite, I don't think, at least not that I'm aware of, uh, even rumor-wise. To, it's not quite what it is in basketball, because in, in basketball, you're only one year away from the pros, and the certainty is much greater. In football, I mean, you you got an 85-man roster, and you're three years away from the pros by rule. So, as far as, like, the dirty stuff, I don't think the apparel companies are as involved in football as they are, uh, clearly, in, in hoops. Um, uniforms also, can help, though, some.
2: I think it helped Oregon. I think it helped Oregon 10... 15 years ago when they were getting good and they kind of used that to position themselves as one of the unique, Hey, we're forward thinking. We have all these different uniform combinations and I think it helped them kind of brand themselves that way. But then everybody else looked at it and said, wait, we can do that too. Like we we have a contract with Nike and I'm sure there were teams that called up and said, Hey, there's Oregon. They have 18 different uniform combinations. We want those too. make up a new color scheme for us, give us a new helmet. So they started to get those. Um, then remember our Under Armour did the helmets for Maryland and they kind of had them separate. So I think that was a fad that probably got you noticed. And it was something you could, uh, at least separate yourselves. Then it was waterfalls in the locker room, like to try to separate, you know, and it's like facilities are where it's at now. I do think, and different teams sell different things, but I don't think ultimately the apparel does too much. Although I will say. I'm a huge uh, sneakerhead. I would say the Jordan schools, it might be something that if there's a tight decision, I do think a kid might choose a Jordan school over just a Nike school. I mean, the Jordan stuff is sweet. And I do think kids still look at Jordan shoes. And every time I see Mac Brown tweet out the new, I'm like, man, I got to get some hitting up Mac, Like, can you get me a pair of those? (laughs) Michigan's got it. Florida's got it. Oklahoma's got it. Like they stand out in a place where, I was looking up this article, so and I think it's incorrect because they say there's only three apparel um, companies that are covering college football, and they have listed Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour. And I, I'm assuming they're listing that as under Nike, but I think there's a difference between Nike and Under, uh, Nike and Jordan, between especially for 17-, 18 year eighteen-year-olds.
3: So I mean, the Jordan brand almost made Dan Mullen look cool, cool with his like three sizes too big khakis, just because right. he threw on those custom Florida Jordans like that. Right. If you can help Dan Mullen recruit, that, that that's a hell of a brand.
0: Yeah, that's, that's somebody he showed you when he just tried to get away with both Yeezys and Jordans that he's just willing to uh, put on whoever gets there. So I had two thoughts here, and the first one builds uh, kind of on what you're saying, because number one, I think it has to do with the school's relationship with the apparel company. Nike's got a lot of schools. How much attention do they pay to those schools? And if you are top on Nike's priority list, then you're probably A, getting just more money, better stuff, better gear, but you're also getting that kind of involvement that's going to allow them to be able to enhance the way that you appear to recruits and be able to, you know, kind of work your way up. If you're the 20th or 21st most important school to Nike, then your Nike deal probably isn't winning you a lot of battles. And that's where I think that there is an, an attraction, especially you mentioned the Jordan brand. Oh, we can like Still be in the Nike world, but then have this extra level up with the Jordan stuff. Like, that's where you get it because you're going to be getting the Jordan brand uh, marketing people and the people that are going to help you with uniforms. Maybe you want to go to Adidas because. You could be the fifth most important school to Adidas instead of being the twenty-first most important school to Nike. How much your school matters to the apparel company, I think, is the first thing that stands out to me. Again, it could be money, could be just priority with time and resources. Then the second thing, and Bud, you you can speak to this because it's really more of a curiosity for me. The the classic um, playbook is the apparel company sponsors an AAU team. And that is like the best way to start establishing a relationship. You know, you can uh, give the money to enter in tournaments. Uh, you can provide all of the gear and apparel that they need. And, you know, very, very quickly, you've got some some real ends with a certain player or a group of players or a, a certain area. Is that the seven-on-seven seven playbook as well? And how do Nike Adidas Under Armour um, how how do they play that? Like, is it do they hold their camps and they're not as interested in in the individual teams, or have they taken those steps to to really start investing in the individual seven on seven teams as a way of getting into uh, getting in there with quarterbacks and wide receivers?
3: Yeah, so they're not quite as heavily in the seven on scene because they, a lot of those companies do ho- host their own camps, um, and you also have companies that are willing to front more gear right? uh, For those kids who are looking like startup companies, like have you guys heard of battle Mm -mm. battle gear or, or domo gear? Mm -mm. Um, Like those are are companies that a lot of teams wear. Right. So I think they're more, they're probably, I don't know what, what the inside of their deals look like, but my guess is they are more willing to shell out a lot of stuff. Right. And, And so a lot of seven on teams go with that, but there are Under Armour seven on teams. There are Nike seven on teams, there are certainly a lot of Adidas seven on teams. Not quite as many as there used to be, uh, but there there are certainly some.
1: Yeah. Where can I get one of those cool foam helmets that they work at, they wear at camps?
3: Um, I don't even know what they're called. Like seven on seven caps, I guess. Yeah. I, I hate when they wear them because it makes kids even harder to identify. Because some of these kids, like I know from their crazy hairstyle, I can see them from far away. I'm like, okay. <laughs> when, they, when they wear that and a mask, good luck. Are you just going to wear it around the house, Tom? Yeah, just I'll wear it on the show.
0: Didn't you, didn't you bump your head on like the uh the thing above the stove?
1: <laughs> no, there is like literally to my left over here in my basement there is a portion cuz there's like It hangs low. There, yeah, there's a portion of ceiling that comes lower cuz it was to cover pipes I'm assuming when they built it. And I've lived in this house for 8 9 years now, but I still every once in a while completely forget that it's there and just walk right into it.
0: Yeah. So that's it'd be it'd be great for you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I need it. Save me a concussion or two.
0: When we look back in college football's history, there have been some iconic offenses. Which ones do we think are more likely to work now? We'll get into that and toughest jobs in each Power Five conference
4: next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Man, this is this is from username copenwvu.
0: So I I guess I guess we got to think that they love West Virginia and Copenhagen. So we're right back to our sponsorships right here. This has got to
3: be Coco's burner.
0: (laughs) WVU asks, which former offensive guru's offense would work today? Your options. Number one, Steve Spurrier's fun and gun. Number two, the Nebraska power I slash option. Number three, Texas's wishbone offense. Four, and this is a a little bit of a bonus here, but I'll, I'll allow it. The early 90s Buffalo Bills run and shoot K gun offense. I think they'd all work. uh, Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Texas is
1: Wishbone too? I think if you practiced it enough, it would work. I think if you recruited to it, it would work. I don't think there's an offense that is incapable of working if it's executed, I think that's the entire point of the offense. Now it might not be as efficient or as successful as some other ones, but again, as I've argued on this podcast and I argued last week in a column, I think more schools should be running the option. Maybe not the wishbone, maybe, you know, like the flex bone that Paul Johnson was running at Georgia tech or a version of Nebraska's, you know, power. I, but I think anything can work. I mean, for the love of God, auburn won a national title under gus malzahn and he became an offensive guru for running the veer which is an offense that has existed for a century and was being used at high schools he brought it to the college level put cam newton in it and wow you can win a national title running one of the most basic offenses in existence i i think the one of the like the,
3: the important things to consider here is and i mostly agree with tom can you recruit to it right the the wishbone worked back when there were not that many other schools mm-hmm. running things that were a lot more similar to what the pros would do, right? Nowadays, I don't think you can. I mean, would it work? It worked at Georgia Tech. I mean, they, they now they don't like that you call it wishbone. I mean, they were the they were you know flexbone spread option, of course, from under center. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it would work in certain areas it still works for the service academies would it work at the highest levels no because you can't you can't get players for it anymore like guys are not going to go sign up to play with that when it's that different than what the nfl runs the rest of those offenses and danny you you can speak to this i mean one of the things that happened to 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 the fun and gun uh was sort of some of its lack of adjustments and the nfl tore it up with 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 how it handled some of those blitzes right like their their lack of protections and, and and checks were were an issue right like so do you think college defenses could copy what the NFL was doing to the and gun if you try to bring it back in its exact form?
2: Yes, and I think you look at, I mean, because Steve Spurrier was very much reliant on getting the ball. But I remember talking to Dave Brown, who was a quarterback with me on the Giants uh, my rookie year, who played at Duke for Steve Spurrier. And he was talking about how sometimes there just wasn't an answer in pass protection and you just either had to throw it and kind of trust it. And you'd get wrecked after you threw the ball. But there was no really change to protection or break off of routes. It was just kind of there. And Spurrier kind of, at, at times, you were just going to get hit. And it led to a lot of hits. And then I remember watching Danny Warfel when I was playing at Florida State. We are playing against the fun and gun. And Mickey Andrews, and it was Pete Bulware and uh, Renard Wilson. These dudes were laying him out time and time again. This is the
3: echo of the whistle game?
2: Yes, absolutely. And... He was getting killed, but a lot of it was because they weren't changing protections. They weren't keeping guys in because he always won guys out. Um, so yeah, I think they would have. It would have been exposed more at the college level. Now there are times when if you know you can get a tackle who maybe can kick out and get an arm on somebody extra, like a second rusher to slow him down a little bit in college against the weaker teams you're facing. But you're going to get exposed to that eventually I, you know, system I don't think gets enough credit and people are going to laugh when I say this, because he got criticized at the end of his tenure. And I'm biased in this one was Mark Richt because the things that we started to do at Florida state with Charlie Ward were things that everyone started to do 15 years later. Uh, we were going up tempo and no one was going up tempo at the time. We were running no huddle. We were going four wides, almost exclusively spreading the field out And then we did have an element of our run game that was it wasn't as evolved as it was now, but you can see some very basic concept concepts of it where it was a run pass option, but very simplistic terms. Like I had a rushing touchdown out of one of these very simple read option plays where I, I tucked it in there and it was back next to me in the backfield and he came across and I was riding his belly and then pulled it out, and they forgot, and I was, it was in. And we didn't even have, really, the pass option behind it with some of the things, the concepts they're doing now. But some of the things we were doing at Florida State, I think, we're ahead of their time. And I don't think Mark Rick gets enough credit for it at the time.
3: The game you can really see that in is – was it 92 Georgia Tech with the second-half comeback?
2: Yeah, yeah, which I actually played in that game because Charlie was so bad. I mean, I love him. Charlie's my guy. Early – they, I, if I was adequate, I probably would have taken his job, but I was a true freshman, hadn't played very you know, only two years of high school football, didn't play peewee for like, didn't my, my football IQ was extremely low. Um, so I was like kind of just calling plays and going out there and just kind of keeping things afloat. And so they'd go back to Charlie and that happened like three or four times. I did it against Clemson uh, we were losing, did it against Georgia tech. We were losing, did it against North Carolina. We were losing. And so I'd go in for a series or two to kind of give Charlie a breather. And they'd put Charlie back in and he'd come in and they'd go no huddle. Cause you had to, cause we were down by seven or 10. And finally Bobby Bowden woke up and he talked to Mark Rick and they were like, man, well, if Charlie's balling in the two minute drill, why don't we start the game in the two-minute drill? So we started to do that, and it was kind of off to the races, and it was the evolution of kind of Mark Rick's system that, you know, of course, parlayed him into the job at Georgia.
0: What defines the – the last option there was the Buffalo Bills, like run and shoot – K-Gun. K-Gun. Well, what are, like, the, the aspects of that? Is that similar to the old, like, Joe Tiller, Drew Brees,
3: Purdue offense? Kind of. So K-Gun – what like it was it was three by one right you you mm-hmm. you, you had you had a tight end they would they would do some trip stuff they would throw to the back a lot it was, it was Thurman Thomas I yeah, think yes mm-hmm. um if you watch the Belichick interview he kind of talked about how how much respect back when he was the coordinator of the Giants um I was like seven years old so I don't really remember watching this live but um he talks about like how they they really respected what they did there um and and how much. Like you had to respect the back out of the backfield in that offense, um, and he didn't think that that Buffalo would hand it off, right? So they they basically they kind of played him to pass and, and dared him to run uh, with, with with Thomas. It's kind of similar, by the way, to the Belichick interview that he gives. And I know this is more NFL than college, but I thought it was it was neat. He compared the what Mike Martz was doing with the Rams, and like he said, their our entire strategy was to chip the hell out of Marshall Falk every mm-hmm. single play out of the backfield in, in that Super Bowl. Um, in addition to potentially spying on them, I guess. But, uh, you know, uh, that help, it helps if you know some of the plays. But, like, to hit Marshall Falk out of the backfield so so much to, to disrupt his ability to get into the routes because they, they thought it was just really messing with the integrity of the defense if you had a guy who was that good of a receiver out of the backfield.
0: Because um, it would be yards after catch with Falk too, right? Just being able to dump it off to him and he'd be able
3: to take off going.
2: Um, also, too, and this is like the, the simplest – Form of football, but if you're under 35 and you've been watching college football in the NFL and look at how many teams are exclusively in the shotgun, back then to call it the K gun was pretty unique because the only time you use shotgun was third down. Like that was it. You were going to be third down passing situation, you're going to go shotgun. And Spurrier started doing it in college. We started doing it almost exclusively. And now, if somebody's under center, it looks weird. You know, it's like, what, what's the quarterback doing under center? Are you going to kneel back sneak? <laughs>
3: well, oh, to go back to what Danny was talking about with Werfel. Um, if you go back and watch that, uh, the 96 game, right. The one in Tallahassee where Florida state sacks Werfel like a million times. And then who was using the, who said the quote, the, w- w- we decided we play to the echo of the whistle, right. Cause they weren't getting a whole lot of rough in the, rough in the passer flags um, in the rematch. Spurrier, who was very loath to use uh, the, the shotgun because he was all about tying your dropbacks to you know like, like like your steps to getting the ball out, they went a hell of a lot of shotgun in that game, and he still got hit. But he didn't get hit quite as much.
2: That was Coach Bowden who said that. I was looking it up because Spurrier, um, he called Florida State out for cheap hits. He said they were late hits and was getting you know prote- trying to you know protect his guy Warfel. And Bowden was asked about it. He said we just hit till the echo of the whistle instead of the whistle. We try to do it legally. They usually call it if it's too late. But that And again, that was a different era when you could wreck guys. If you were close and you just kind of ran through it, you wouldn't get called and they were there. But I vividly remember every game because at the end, it's funny, with Bobby Bowden, great, like the guy, like I have so much affinity for Coach Bowden, but it was very routine. It was a system that worked. And even his pregame speeches were kind of, the same and after four years if you know even after two years you could give the pregame speech if you were a player because you had heard it so many times but one of them was if we knock their quarterback out of the game it's going to give us that much more of an advantage now it sounds dirty but he would very he would say I am not saying to hit him late he said but if we hit him enough he's going to want to quit so let's make him want to quit so they were. That was like his line before every game: was hit their quarterback so much that he wants to quit. The Bobby uh, Bowden
1: is canceled.
0: Nick, Saban, well, I mean the, I think it was a it was Nick Saban Alabama like sort of mantra is like eliminate their will to compete.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: There's video of that. It's it's his return trip to Death Valley. Uh, you you can find it on YouTube where, where he's like. I, I don't know if he says something that's inappropriate, but he, he, then he's, he he finishes it with like and, and and make their make their ass quit. Yeah, um, yeah, it, that's that's a common thing. Um, it's it's interesting to talk about scheme stuff to look at sort of like where some of Urban Meyer stuff came from when when he was a GA at Kansas State and running the scout team and try to find ways to to score on, on that defense and what what Kansas State was doing. You know, from now from that, that, that tree that Venables is on, um, you know, and what Mickey Andrews was doing, you know, some of the stuff that Dennis Erickson brought out, you know, so some of that one-back stuff uh, from under the gun, even Mickey and those guys pretty quickly adapted to it, and they were killing that two-back passing game. I mean, Dan, I, I, I wasn't there for practices, but I imagine, for the most part, Mickey's defense did pretty damn well in, in those practices. Uh, Florida State's defensive coordinator for, like, 25 years. Um, oh, yeah. That is- they had to find weird ways to adapt. And that's Urban Myers talked about this before. He's like, we're just trying anything. So like a lot of the QB run stuff would kind of you know mess with them a little bit out of the spread. So we started doing that in, in, uh, in scout team and then uh, Bill Snyder started to take note of it.
0: The madness has arrived and you may be wondering like how do I actually watch all these games? What's on CBS? What's not on CBS? Where the heck is Duke? Well relax. Relax go to the CBS Sports app on your connected TV or phone. From there, you'll see every NCAA tournament game available to watch, whether it's on CBS or March Madness Live. Think of it like a gateway to all the action. And so, If you want to be able to uh, get into this gateway to reach all the action, all you got to do is download the CBS Sports app. Again, download the CBS Sports app so that you never miss a minute of the NCAA tournament. They'll tell you where to find every game, whether it's on cbs or march madness live your gateway to all ncaa tournament action on the cbs sports app
1: Now, was duke part of the read or did you the north carolina person throw that in on your own
0: no that's uh that that was actually part of the read
1: oh okay now did you write the read or
0: no, I didn't, I didn't editorialize that one. If I did, I would have said, where the heck is Duke? Where the heck is Indiana? Where the heck is Kentucky? And I would have just, you know, really like strung it out to make even more fans mad, uh, if, if possible.
2: <laughs> but she's there, you know? She trolled them. She trolled Kentucky. You see her? She said she built out her bracket. She said, I didn't see Kentucky anywhere.
0: Love Sassy. It. Uh, all right, final question here. It's about the uh, most difficult jobs in every Power 5 conference. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll read. If it's cool with you all, I'll go ahead and read. The listener offered some suggestions as well, and uh, then we can, we can critique and sort of offer our own thoughts. In the ACC, uh listener says, Syracuse, it's possible to win here, but it's hard in upstate New York. Not a lot of fan and booster support. It's more of a basketball school. Also, not many players from California, Florida, and Texas will want to play in upstate New York. From the big 10 Rutgers before Shiano arrived. Weren't they winless in big 10 play? There aren't a lot of college football fans in the Northeast and there's not a history of success at Rutgers, but there is history. Dadgummit. old football program. They got a lot of history, but yeah, history of success is a little bit thinner. Big 12, Kansas yikes hard to win there, especially now after miles and long have been fired. And how do you sell Kansas to recruits? At least Vanderbilt has Nashville and academics. Speaking of SEC, they say Vanderbilt, no fan support whatsoever. Yikes. The administration doesn't care for
1: fans.
0: (laughs) Hard to recruit players. I don't know. Barton's overcoming that. And they're in the hardest conference in football. Not a good combo. And then finally the PAC 12 Oregon state, just a bit of a harder job than Washington state. There's a ceiling at Oregon state. It's hard to recruit to the rural Northwest. There has not been a history of success.
1: Thoughts? I
3: think he's what I said. Thoughts. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I wonder if it's. Well, how much do we need to factor expectations into this when, when, when you talk about hard jobs? Because otherwise, we're just going to pick the schools that just absolutely can't compete for conference titles. Right. Like we'll all probably pick the same school. I think you really have to factor in, you know, expectations here.
0: I a hundred percent agree because I think about tough. If you're asking about the toughest jobs, I'm thinking about the job, the experience of being the head coach there um, and your opportunities for success wins and losses on the field and off the field. Without a doubt, I factor in expectations.
1: Oh, then. That,
2: the, the, the examples he gave are pretty spot on. Yeah. For like the-, the obvious answers, but a couple of things jumped out to me. One is the Pac-12, I feel like, is one of the tougher ones where there's not really an obvious answer, which I think is a good thing for the conference. Like, Oregon State's had a rough run recently, but they've had some pretty good teams. Like, they've been able to compete. So has Washington State. Uh, So I think that's a good thing for the Pac-12, that there's not a glaring team that's just always bad. Um, I I didn't realize how bad – sorry, Tom. I didn't realize how bad Illinois was historically. Like, I think that's one of the sneaky places – that is really hard to win and maybe the expectation is different you know
1: you know it's the problem illinois faces is that you know it's it's the state school in a state that produces a good amount of power 5 talent it's just there's big 10 connection you know the, the hub of the state is chicago and chicago is a city that is filled with graduates and alumni from big to every single big 10 school so all the big 10 schools are able to come into Chicago and recruit. And then you've got Notre Dame coming into Chicago and the area to recruit. So, A lot of that top talent is not going to Illinois because like you just said, Illinois doesn't really have a long history of success to convince most kids to, hey, come here instead of Michigan, come here instead of Ohio State, come here instead of Notre Dame. So that's been a problem at Illinois. So yeah, Illinois is a tough job. It's long been considered a sleeping giant by many, but I I think that there's definitely potential there. But the history shows it's not been easy.
3: So I, I think the Big Ten toughest job almost has to come from the East.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, right? Indi- you got to go Indiana or Rutgers or Maryland, and maybe even if you want to put Michigan State in there. But anybody who's living in the same world as Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State – especially the the newcomers, Rutgers and Maryland and Indiana basketball school. I mean, we're where donors are going to be paying $10 million for a buyout, and another donor is going to come in and help you hire a new coach, maybe trying to fork over $20 million to buy out the sitting head coach. It's a daggum job fair. It's not an NCAA tournament.
1: They got the Kelly Business School, and it's paying off for them. Yeah. Uh, It's yeah. No, I I think that obviously I, I agree. I think the difficult jobs are in the East from that perspective. And I think that because of that, like you could make the argument that Penn State and Michigan are really difficult jobs too right now because you're being hired there and you could be winning 10, 11 games a year. But like we're seeing with Jim Harbaugh winning 10 games a year really isn't enough for a lot of people because they're not beating Ohio State. So I think that, yeah, the most difficult job of the Big Ten would definitely probably have to come from the East. But I do think that one thing that we tend to overlook in the West because they've had success and they've had it for a while, Northwestern, for a very long time was not an easy place to win. It was a very difficult job. Now, low expectations, so you know, you kind of had some leeway there and you had some cushion to make things happen, but before Pat Fitzgerald really, you know, inherited that program from Randy Walker who did a good job starting it up and before that school really put started putting resources into if that's athletic departments. That's not an easy place to win, and I think that's one thing you have to consider too when you're looking at these jobs like whether it's a Wake Forest in the ACC too smaller private schools with more stringent academic requirements. It's difficult to win in those spots because a lot of the best talent. if I have the choice of going somewhere where I could get to the NFL and maybe I don't have to work as hard in the classroom as I would at another school. I think a lot of kids are going to get pushed to the NFL factor more than the getting, you know, the degree factor. So when you look at Northwestern Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, other small private schools, that's a whole other challenge you have to consider as well.
3: I will push back and say, like, I think Michigan has expectations, but the fact that Jim Harbaugh is still employed, I, I don't think, like, if, if Jim Harbaugh was at a place with the Michigan-style resources and that place was in the SEC, he'd be fired by now, right? Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think it's, a, I think Michigan and Penn State are good jobs because they still fill up those huge stadiums and there's good resources and good paycheck. I guess yeah, it's a tough job. For sure. I mean, you got to deal with some tough expectations, but you at least have the tools to be able to accomplish that. It's not unrealistic.
1: Well, what about Texas? Because, like, Mm. the questioner brought up Kansas, which obviously it is proving very, very difficult to win consistently with Kansas football. But, Texas, when, like, when Bud brought up, when it comes to expectations, That's a really difficult job because you've got to juggle so many different things. And we talked about it with when they hired Sark about how you don't just need a football coach. You need a CEO politician type that's able to handle all the different things that are getting thrown at him. He's got the TV show. They've got their own network. They've got a big fan base. They've got high expectations. It's, you know, it, it weighs on you. And it's something that, you know, you have to consider when you take that job.
0: I would without a doubt agree with that. And I would add a uh, USC to that mix where you've got your great job, you know, but how much confidence do you have that you're going to be able to meet the expectations of the alumni and of the, the people that want to see USC reclaim this national championship contention.
1: I disagree though, because along the lines of what Bud just said, if the expectations were high enough, why is Clay Helton still there? <laughs> okay. Cause he's such a nice guy. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I I feel like USC as an entity in Southern California, it's obviously it's the most popular college football team in the area, but it's more popular when it's winning. And I think that as we've talked about in here, I've I've had Pac-12 fans yelling at me about it, but definitely in Southern California, this is the case. They only pay attention to you when you're the cool thing to pay attention to. And if you're not winning, they don't get mad at you and demand you be fired. They kind of just forget about you and move on to the next thing. Um,
0: on the SEC side, is there an argument for just going to the West almost in that di- divisional type I mindset where you're looking at, I guess, Mississippi State maybe as the the toughest job on that
3: side? I mean, they thought that there was another step they could take after Dan Mullen. Yeah, we we talked about this what on the Wednesday or the Monday yeah, episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think Dan Olin had them basically at their absolute ceiling did, with the way the did league. Did James Franklin
0: right have now. Vanderbilt at its ceiling back to back nine wins?
3: Undoubtedly, yes. and a lot of that was also out of his control, right? Like let's I mean, we we'll talk about the East at that time. Yeah, well, right, the East who they drew from the West, like the, the quality of the league, other than than. You know, then Bama. Um, and it was, it it's was a kind of sketchy. Storm. Yeah. Like, like you had, you know, Georgia like losing in, in the Liberty Bowl, right? In, in bowl games and finishing six and seven. You had yeah, they, Florida.
1: They, they didn't want to be there, but.
3: Right. This is true. I I don't really want to be in Memphis in January either. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it, it's, I think that's a really, really tough job. But I, the, I think the expectations are. More misaligned at like Mississippi State and probably Tennessee
0: mm-hmm. than Vanderbilt.
3: Correct. Correct. Yeah.
0: And like they to really they fire you, Vandy, fo- at-
3: if you just if you narrowly miss bowls. No, I don't think so. They well, also there-
0: can't FOIA you at Vanderbilt.
3: Exactly. <laughs> Although, really, at Georgia they can't either because they pass these laws that make That's it right. like, like like Georgia has to turn over the. You know, the the FOIA information, like like at least within four years of the request or something.
0: Kirby Smart went around the state legislator lobbying to make sure that reporters couldn't dig up information on the dogs. God, (laughs) love football unlike anything else all right well remember if you want to jump in on a future mailbag you can do so by leaving a five-star review uh in in that review include your question we'll add it to the big old bag of mail we appreciate all your entries uh be sure to keep them coming now we're we're trying to total it up we're trying to rack it up we're trying to we're trying to show uh everyone how passionate the cover three fan base is and so make sure that you uh go ahead and jump in on that. You can follow us on uh, Spotify, stream us on Spotify. We're putting together a playlist of all the spring gleaning episodes so if you missed out on uh, either the two ACC ones or the two SEC shows, be sure you go check that out. Next week is Big Ten Week. We will be jumping into uh, all things big, so make sure that you're looking at for that. You can follow him on Twitter at Elliott 3 You can follow him at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.